0: Exodus 8, starting with verse 20 all the way through the rest of the chapter. You know, I was thinking tonight, I saw that fourth pew back there, and y'all kind of packing the pew. I remember when I was a kid, we used to do pack a pew, Now I don't remember what that was for. I don't remember if that was for a revival or something we just did some. I remember it, it being at night, and I remember... Having, having people pack in the pew. And I remember my, that my dad would go around and recruit people because he would say if you sit on his pew at the end of service, he would take you to the Tasty Freeze and buy everybody on his pew a milkshake. And so I thought about that when I saw the pew was packed. I said, you know. <laughs> so. Good times. That's good old memories, you know. It's good to have good memories like that from back in the day. We hadn't done that in a while. We may, we may do it one day. You just never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 through 32. We're going to finish out the whole uh, rest of the chapter. We're just going to read through it, and then we'll pray, and then we'll talk about it for a little bit. Then the Lord said to Moses, "'Get up early in the morning and present yourself to Pharaoh. When you see him going out to the water, tell him, "'This is what Yahweh says, "'Let my people go so that they may worship me. "'But if you will not let my people go, "'then I will send swarms of flies against you, "'your officials, your people, and your houses.'" The Egyptians houses will swarm with flies and so will the land where they live. But on that day I will give special treatment to the land of Goshen where my people are living. No flies will be there. This way you will know that I am Yahweh, excuse me, that I Yahweh am in the land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will take place tomorrow. And the Lord did this. Thick swarms of flies went into Pharaoh's palace and his officials' houses. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined because of the swarms of flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God within the country. But Moses said it would not be right to do that because what we will sacrifice to the Lord our God is detestable to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice what the Egyptians detest in front of them... "'Won't they stone us? "'We must go a distance of three days into the wilderness "'and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he instructs us. "'Pharaoh responded, "'I will let you go and sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, "'but don't go very far. "'Make an appeal for me. "'As soon as I leave you,' Moses said, "'I will appeal to the Lord, "'and tomorrow the swarms of flies will depart from Pharaoh, "'his officials, and his people.'" But Pharaoh must not act deceptively again by refusing to let the people go and sacrifice to the Lord. Then Moses left Pharaoh's presence and appealed to the Lord. The Lord did as Moses had said. He removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh. His officials and his people, not one was left. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also and did not let the people go. Let's pray. God, I pray that you just would speak through me tonight, God. I pray that you just do the talking, God, that that the people here would get some good from your word, dear Lord. We need you to be with us tonight so we get it, and I pray that you would help us just to see the areas that this word applies to us, dear Lord. Let us see your power. Let us learn from it. And I pray that you just pour the Holy Spirit down on us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. We are on the fourth plague now. We've seen some pretty gnarly stuff up to this point. We have seen uh, the Nile River turned into blood. The fish had died and all the waters around the text would say. We have seen frogs that have plagued the land. Last week we saw either gnats or lice or some type of small uh, little bug that had plagued the people. And Pharaoh had still refused to let the people go. And tonight things are continuing to get worse. Now I was thinking about this. These these plagues kind of hit at a good time for us because guess what we got now? A whole bunch of love bugs. Now, they're not nearly as bad as, as what they have been in the past. Now, for those people who may be listening online that are in different countries, uh, they don't know what a love bug is. Those are little black bugs, and they, they fly all around. They're everywhere. But we get it. We know what they are because we have them all the time. And they stay for a month or so. And sometimes they are so bad. I remember one year in particular, uh, I was in about the sixth grade, and they were so bad that year I didn't want to go out for a recess. It was just horrible. It was just like this thick cloud of black. And I was, I was reading through these plagues since these love bugs are, are, are coming in now. I was thinking, boy, this is just a small taste of what the Egyptians had to face. Because as it mentions in these verses tonight, not only were there lots of frogs and gnats, lice uh, and all the things that came along with it during the plagues that they had to face but in their plagues, remember they were in their ovens they were in their homes, they were everywhere at least we can come in and shut the doors and shut the windows and escape from them Uh, Some of you may remember in Katrina, the love bugs were really bad that year, and it was hot, no power, right? So we had to leave doors and windows open, and there's love bugs everywhere, and there was no escape. And I think that that's just a small fraction as to what the Egyptians had to face. Uh, But Pharaoh still hadn't got it. After all the things that they had gone through, he had said, Look, I'm going to let them go. He wouldn't let them go. And then God sent these flies to the land. he said, I'm going to send flies to the land of Egypt. Now, it hadn't been too many weeks ago. I don't know if anybody else has had a lot of flies this year, but for a a couple weeks at the house, we just had flies galore. And every time I'd go out and fire up the grill, it's like the smoke or something would would attract them. And there would be, I, I kid you not, probably 30 or 40 flies around our door. And I don't know what attracted them to the door, but they would come and they were driving us crazy. Michelle can attest to this. Because you get two or three flies in your house. I'm talking about two or three, right? And they're flying around, and you can't get comfortable, and they're buzzing in your ear. And, and even just one fly will drive you insane. And so with the love bugs and the flies that we've had in the last month or so, boy, I tell you what, I, I can kind of understand just on a very small degree. If one fly could drive me crazy... What about the flies that were going on in the land of Egypt? It was a big deal. This was a bad deal. And this was, this was after they've come off of lots of bad things that had already occurred up until this point. Verse 21, But if you will not let my people go, then I will send swarms of flies against you, your officials, your people, and your houses. The Egyptian houses will swarm with flies, and so will the land where they live. But on that day, I will give special treatment to the land of Goshen, where my people are living. No flies will be there. This way, you will know that I, Yahweh, am in the land. Now, verse 22 there is kind of an interesting verse, because we haven't seen any distinction or separation between the Egyptians and God's people to this point in the plague. So that begs the question did the Israelites have to experience some of the first plagues? Well I tend to think that maybe they did simply because starting in this plague forward we say a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites and it starts right here where God says I'm going to make a distinction and it's not going to affect all the land and so the question may come to your mind as it came to mine I was thinking okay well if they had to suffer why did God make the Israelites suffer those first plagues if indeed he did? And I remembered Exodus chapter 6, verses 8 through 12. I'll read those to you. Exodus 6, 8 through 12. I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am Yahweh. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and hard labor. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go from this land. But Moses said in the Lord's presence, if the Israelites will not listen to me, then how will Pharaoh listen to me since I am such a poor speaker? And I think that that Maybe why, if indeed the Israelites had to experience these things, I think that this may be the reason why, because Moses had gone in and Aaron and they had tried to get the people to turn, and remember Pharaoh made things really difficult on the people of Israel, and they lost heart and Now Moses is saying, "All right, God's going to deliver you, but they aren't ready to go." When Moses told that to the Israelites in verse nine, they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit, and then Moses again acknowledges that, God, how can I go to Pharaoh if the Israelites themselves won't listen to me? So I believe what probably happened here is that God saw that the Israelites' faith uh, was not where it should be and that perhaps they had to experience some of these first plagues and maybe that got their attention too. Maybe God allowed them to go through some of these punishments To get them to call out to the Lord. Not only was he trying to get Pharaoh's attention to let him go, but I think he was also trying to get his people to trust him and to turn back to him. And I believe that God does the same thing to us today. Sometimes God may allow us to go through some bad situations to try to get our attention because sometimes we may be like the Israelites and we may not be willing to go where God may send us we may not be willing to do what God calls us to do and just like the Israelites perhaps sometimes God has to do things to get our attention not that God will abandon us forever if we are his children but sometimes God needs to do what he needs to do to get us to turn to him And so I think that that is a possibility, and that is what I believe took place uh, with the children of Israel here. Because here in this play, God is finally making a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Now, it mentions the land of Goshen here, and that is where the Israelites live. Now, that's right there around Egypt where all this stuff was going on. And it, it seems as though, uh, from the text here, that all the Israelites were kind of in this one area. And God said, I'm going to separate this area so they don't have to experience uh, the plagues that are going to come. Now, in verse 24. And the Lord did this. Thick swarms of flies went into Pharaoh's palace and his officials' houses. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined because of the swarms of flies. Now, this was a big deal. Thick swarms of flies could you imagine being out there you probably uh, couldn't open your mouth flies would be flying in they would be in your ears they would be everywhere and it would not take long at all for that to be a a miserable uh, experience and that's exactly what was going on uh, for the people there then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said go sacrifice to your God within the country now Pharaoh had had enough. He, he, he said, look, you guys go and worship the Lord. You go do your thing. Give a sacrifice to Him. But did you notice what he said at the end? He said, within the country. He didn't want them to go very far off. Just stay right here. I'll let you worship your God. You can worship God, but just stay right here. Now do it my way. Now, that's not what God told Pharaoh to do. God told Pharaoh to let the peoples go a 3 days journey, as Moses talks about later. And as you may remember from the earlier text, they were going a good distance away. But Pharaoh, he was trying to kind of compromise a little bit of God's Word. He didn't want to go through the sufferings anymore, but he still didn't really want to serve the Lord, so he's trying to compromise. Okay, you guys can just worship, but you've got to do it my way. You've got to do it on my terms. Well... That's not what God told Pharaoh to do. But are we ever guilty of those things? Are we, ever, are we ever punished by the Lord or feel like God may be putting something on us maybe to get our attention, but, 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 but we like living in our sin so much that we don't want to give it up, but we just want to compromise. Well, God, don't make me suffer anymore, but still let me, let me serve you, God, and, and kind of do a little bit your way, but also let me keep living in a little bit of sin too and try to compromise on what God has told us to do. And that's what Pharaoh was doing here, and guess what? That's not a good way to go about things. things. but perhaps even as christians sometimes we do that perhaps some of you who may be on the fence and say look i want to become a christian but boy i still love these old sinful ways so god can we just have a happy medium can i still live for the world uh monday through uh friday and then i and saturday and then i'll come to your house on sunday and, and it'll be good right god That's not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to compromise. And he didn't tell Pharaoh, okay, let the people worship there and they can still be slaves. No, God's desire was not to leave the people enslaved where they were, but to deliver them fully. And God's desire when he calls us to seek him and put everything behind us is for us to be freed, for us to be delivered from those things. Let's read a little further and see what Moses said in response to Pharaoh wanting to compromise there. Verse 26. But Moses said it would not be right to do that because what we will sacrifice to the Lord our God is detestable to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice what the Egyptians detest... In front of them, won't they stone us? So, uh, obviously, the gods that the Egyptians worshipped and the God, the only God who really exists, Yahweh, that the Israelites worshipped, obviously they didn't have the same uh, 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 worship techniques. They had different sacrifices they would do or different rituals they would do. And, and, and Moses says here, he says, look... Because what we will sacrifice to the Lord our God is detestable to the Egyptians. So he said, if the Egyptians see us worshiping in the way that God has called us to worship, they're going to stone us because it's going to be a blasphemy to them. And he says, we can't do that, Pharaoh. We can't stay here. We have to leave. We have to go. We must go a distance of three days into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he instructs us. Pharaoh (coughs) responded... I will let you go and sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, but don't go very far. Make an appeal for me. All right, so now it seems like Pharaoh's getting it. But we've seen this before, right? We we know. if Most of us have probably read the story to the end. We understand what Pharaoh is doing. And in the moment, in all the flies that are everywhere, he says, all right, whatever it takes. If you need to go, then you go. But still stay close. But please just go and make an appeal for me. Make an appeal for me. Now, I don't know about you guys, but but Pharaoh hadn't really made it easy on Moses and Aaron. He hadn't treated them very kindly throughout this process. He hadn't been treating the Israelites very kindly. And here Pharaoh, who I would say is their enemy, is saying, look, make an appeal to the Lord for me. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes it, it, it is hard for me maybe to make an appeal to the Lord for those who have done wrong to me. It's hard for me maybe to give them forgiveness. It's hard for me to maybe ask God to help change their heart. I don't want God to change their heart. I want them to face the consequences. I don't want them to face grace. Grace is for good people like me that do right and come to church. Not these people that are mean and evil and do all these mean things. They need to suffer the consequences. And Moses could have had that same attitude. Moses could have had that same attitude. And he said, look, make an appeal for me, Pharaoh said. And Moses did that. Verse 29. Verse 29. As soon as I leave you, Moses said, I will appeal to the Lord, and tomorrow the swarms of flies will depart from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. But Pharaoh must not act deceptively again by refusing to let the people go and sacrifice to the Lord. That's a pretty good deal that Moses immediately he said, I'm going to make an appeal to you for the Lord that God would deliver you guys from these swarms of flies. And Moses knew it. He said, but don't act like you did before. Moses says, you don't, you done tried to pull one over on us once. He's saying, don't do that. He said, I'm going to offer up an appeal to you, and that's a pretty good deal. That's a good, a good example for us to follow. Even those who may have done us wrong in the past, even though maybe sometimes our, our, our human nature is to want to, want to kind of lash back out at them or we want to see them get what's coming to them, perhaps we should be a little more like Moses, and we should be more willing to say, all right, God, I'm going to bring them up before you. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for my enemies, God. I'm going to try to be nice to my enemies. Well, that takes, that takes a, lot of, a lot of faith, a lot of strength to do what Moses did here. And it takes a lot of faith and a lot of strength for us to do those things when our enemies are trying to get one over on us or take advantage of us. But Moses gives us a good example here. Jesus Christ gives us uh, the best example. Uh, but we see the right heart that Moses has in these verses. Verse 30, Then Moses left Pharaoh's presence and appealed to the Lord. The Lord did, as Moses had said. He removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not one was left. That's a pretty good deal. Not one was left. It was one fly in our house. I bet you me and Michelle tried to get it for a week. One fly. We would have the fly swat around, and I could not get that fly. And you know that that fly, he's got to be flying. He's just laughing. <laughs> he's just buzzing around. He's saying, no, you can't get me. But when God eradicated the flies, there was not one left. That's a pretty good deal. When God does something, He does it right. When God goes about something, it is going to be amazing, I guess is a good word to say. It is going to be, it is going to be awesome. And when God made this swarm of flies come, I guarantee you that it was a, an amazing thing to see, this swarm of flies. It was a, an amazing thing in a, in a bad way. It was amazingly bad. But then when God acts in a good way to take care of His people, to, to do what needs to be done, boy, it's, it's just as amazing that He can take away something just as quick as He put it there. It's, it's pretty amazing that God can take away our sinfulness. Now God didn't put our sinfulness in us, but but boy, God can eradicate those things that are evil, those things that shouldn't be there, those things that are nagging us and bothering us and, and aggravating us. Just like those those flies were for the Egyptians, there are all those things in our life, all those temptations, all those sins, all those desires that are constantly around us. And all it took for God to act and, and Take all those things away from the Egyptians was an appeal by Moses. Was Moses going to him saying, all right, Lord. And that's what it takes on us It's for us to go to the Lord and say, all right, Lord. Here's the situation in my life. Here are these flies in my life. They are aggravating me. They have got me weighed down. God, I'm tired of this situation. God, I'm tired of feeling angry. I'm tired of being tempted. I'm tired of giving in to sin. I'm tired of having a bad attitude. I'm tired of being mean to people. I'm tired of being taken advantage of. I'm tired of all the burden and the stress that comes along with all these things of this world. But Father God, I appeal to you and I ask you to forgive me, to deliver me, to free me, to redeem me, to give me the rest that I need through Jesus Christ. Boy, when we call out to the Lord, just as God took care of every last one of those flies, when we call out to the Lord and say, Father God, forgive me and free me, boy, he takes care of all of our sins and casts them as far as the east is to the west. And we go from being nasty, filthy, dirty sinners to clean in an instant. That's the power of God. That's the power of Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. And if God can eradicate these flies, if God can deliver his people, then guess what? Whatever it is in your life, God can do it. God has the strength to do it. And just as he wanted to deliver them, he wants to deliver us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these good words today. We thank you for uh, just letting us see your awesome power, even as nasty and horrible as a thing as that was in the flies, dear Lord. We see your awesome power through that. And I pray that you help us to to learn from these words, to not have the heart of the Israelites, God, that we wouldn't be so quick to give up and think, well, you're not going to act or or we're stuck in our situation because, God, you can deliver us. And so I pray that if there is one in this place tonight that you would deliver them from whatever it is that may be bringing them down for whatever it is that they're worried about. Dear Lord, maybe it's not sin. Maybe things are going good, but maybe there's some other situations, God. I pray that you just would deliver them from whatever is just on their heart, whatever's got them stressed, whatever's got them worried. I pray that you take care dear lord god help us not to be like pharaoh help us not to kind of say one thing help us not to compromise god help us to be more like moses help us to be ready to to pray for our enemies to make an appeal for our enemies god help us to be more ready to bring our own sinfulness before you dear lord god so that you can clean us so that you can make us as white as snow so that you can take away all those nasty spiritual flies that are in our life god and you can clean us in an instant I pray that you go with each one that's here tonight as they go on their way this week. I pray that you would just encourage them. I pray that you fill them with joy and peace and and, and patience and kindness and all those things, dear Lord, that you instill in us. I pray that they would have those things in abundance this week as they go into the world. And I pray that you bless the reading of your word tonight, and we thank you for it. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.